today we are going live with Dr. Jillian Stewart, PT, DPT, HPCS. She is a physical therapist that works with surf therapy and horse therapy. Stay tuned for Dr. Jillian Stewart. Dr. Jillian Stewart. Hi, everybody. Okay, so everybody, this is Dr. Jillian Stewart. She is a physical therapist. Sorry, my words messed up a little bit. Um, She is a PT, a DPT, CHC, oh my gosh, Jillian, HPCT therapist. (laughs) physical therapy, um, committed to bettering lives through a nonprofit traditional therapeutic activities. And with that being said, nonprofit organization. So sorry about all of those letters and getting messed up. Too many. A little bit of my MS brain trying to look at it. And uh, that's why I have therapy. <laughs> so Dr. Jillian, how are you today? I'm good. I'm just turning up a little bit. There we go. Now I can hear you better. Perfect. I'm doing well. Yeah, just hanging out at the barn, checked on the horses, and now I'm touching it with you. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time today to go live with us and explain to everybody what an amazing life you have. Not only are you a doctor, you get to have fun in the water and with horses. That's an incredible job. And... I'd like everyone to know a little bit more about that. So how did you know you wanted to do this coming out of college? What inspired you? So I actually started my path to um, hippotherapy when I was nine years old. I started volunteering um, my time at 4-H, which was um, we would have shows. And then at lunchtime, they would ask people to loan their horses out so that a special needs 4-H club could ride and have like a fun class um, on our lunch break. And so as little as nine, I was volunteering my horse for that. Um, And then in college, uh, so that's why I learned about therapeutic riding. Mm -hmm. And then in college, I learned about hippotherapy, which is the medical practice of using horses. So it's physical, occupational, and speech therapy services. Um, I had been an athlete all my life, and I'd been injured a few times and worked with physical therapists. So I was really interested in Uh, the human body and movement, and um, that's kind of what led me to the hippotherapy side. And then I didn't think about the surf side until about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was an avid surfer, and I saw a lot of parallels between sitting astride a horse and sitting astride a surfboard. And um, everything I learned about using horses, I thought I could apply to a surfboard, since there's not really um, a lot of evidence yet out there, and there's not like a clinical specialty in it yet. And that's something that I'm hoping to kind of help develop, and I've been working with organizations to do. Um, but anyways, so that's kind of how I meshed those two together. That's Especially amazing. living in Southern California, it like, made perfect sense to include the The water parts. and the turf. <laughs> and that, yeah. so how did, yep. you, how did you come up with the name of the organization, Surf and Turf? Is it just that simple of the water and the turf? Pretty much. I wanted it to be um, able to expand. Okay. I worked privately in the home with individuals with disabilities um, pretty much since college for different reasons. I was like a respite care worker. I um, applied ABA therapies, things like that while I was still studying. And so I've done things like go-kart racing and bowling and rock climbing. And I've seen how 
all of these different adapted activities can be used for a therapeutic purpose. And so I wanted it to be vague enough to include everything. So while turf right now is primarily in the barn um, and using horses, I have done some things out in the community where I've taken kids to the park and I've, ta I've worked with them in their local park so that they learn how to navigate that equipment and then they can go play in the park and um, you know have more inclusive experiences with their peers, uh, which was really, really successful. I had one girl, we worked together for a half hour and afterwards these little girls that were at the park at the same time hmm. went over to her mom and asked if she could stay and play with them. So the therapy kind of kept going yeah. after I left the whole point. So we're hoping that the turf side will one day involve even more activities um, within the community. That's amazing. So do you think that you would be opening up another location or would you bring that that part of the playground to where you have the horses and set up some type of therapy that way, like a playground? Um, we could do that here, but I think the benefit of being out in the community and um, places where they would go typically without me is what I'm, I'm really passionate about. So being able to um, go out to other places, I think is what I would want to focus on. Great. That's amazing. Yeah. Just completely amazing. So I, um, you have 53 patients right now of all disabilities. So can you let us know from age two to like 80s, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everyone is completely different who you work with as a therapist. So can you tell us a little bit about each like individual thing, not each person, but how you handle one child that was born with a disability or a car accident or you know anything that like comes around that where these disabilities come from how many various disabilities do you work with oh uh like 20 different things um so we've worked with 53 unique individuals over the course of our time in a week, we usually work with about 28, wow. um, and then our most common disabilities are uh, cerebral palsy, autism, and Down syndrome, um, but we have everything in between. I have individuals who have suffered a stroke. I have people with a spinal cord injury. Um, I have really, really rare genetic syndromes, many of which you know I haven't even heard of until I met them, so um, it's really a wide variety of individuals mm -hmm. that we work with. Um, every person who comes starts with a formal medical history review and a medical evaluation. So it's just like if you were to come see a physical therapist in the clinic. Um, we um, go through our checklist and make sure that there are no red flags, as we call them, or things that could potentially indicate something further or that it would be unsafe for them to ride um, or serve. And, and then based on that, we make our referral um, for a treatment plan. And um, as you said, we have kids starting as young as two. Yeah. Usually we don't start much before that um, because there's not enough head control and neck strength. And so the risk of injury for those reasons um, makes it more of a risk than a reward. So typically we wait until someone's about two or has enough head control to start. Um, and then right now, unfortunately, our geriatric population, which would be our 80 and 84-year-old that we work with, and they're on hold because of concerns with the coronavirus. Um, yeah. But we're hoping to get them back as soon as they feel safe coming back in the community. Yeah. And so that really has affected your business because of the coronavirus and not being able to really work one-on-one -on -one with anybody. Um, so we're at, during this entire time of the 10 weeks plus, a little, uh -huh. Did you were you able to go out to their homes and work with them? Um, in the very beginning, we did some telehealth sessions, okay. so much like what we're doing right now, I would set up a bunch of toys, and ahead of time, I would tell their parents um, 
or the patient themselves what to have set up and then we would do it that way but thankfully because we're outside um, and uh, considered a, you know an essential service we actually have been providing services the entire time and um, we did drop as low as like eight or nine clients one week but um, for the most part we're almost back ramped up and the difficult part is normally I have two to three volunteers every hour that I'm here so yeah. anywhere from like 60 to 80 hours of volunteering a week and right now I have like um, because we're really limiting it to only those that I absolutely need. Yeah. So patients are actually bringing in their own support system. So their parents, their siblings, their mm. caregivers, um, which is really cool because the siblings now have something to do and it's, you know, really motivating for them. Yeah. They get to spend courses, be outside. Um, as you know, as you know from volunteering, mm -hmm. it's a lot of walking, it's physical. And so they're getting some health benefits and some um, mental health benefits as well, just being out and contributing in yeah. their sibling services. Um, so actually, I've been able to run pretty much a full schedule, just really missing my volunteers right now and excited to be able to slowly bring some of that back. That's great. So that was actually the next question. So you do oh. <laughs> you do bring in volunteer work, which is um, what I did with you before I actually became a patient of yours. Yes. Um, and internships. So anyone that's watching this video or hears it um, within the next couple of weeks, um, you can go straight to Jillian's website at www.surfandturftherapy.org slash donate um, there and send or even just message you through your surf and turf um, Instagram. And then you you interview them, you get all the information that you need from them and when their availability is. And I can honestly say that working with the horses in both, uh, like you said, with the children coming in, the families coming in and helping out during coronavirus, it's pretty amazing standing next to the horse and supporting the patient and then becoming the patient. So I've been able to view both worlds and that's just absolutely incredible um and just just amazing so um what has been your number one thing that you're like the macgyver so let me just put that out there right now like <laughs> dr um stewart is like the macgyver if anyone remembers that television show she has made special pros i guess they're kind of like a prosthetic but they're really like the pieces that you put to the horse's um, saddle to uh -huh. help these children that can't, their spine's not working and they don't have that support to hold them up, that you literally have made all of these gadgets that literally yeah. help them stay on the horse. And I've seen you doing it by foam, by plastic, yoga, yoga everything. Yeah. So people can even donate those particular things to you, to the organization, correct? Yes, yeah, any um, used medical equipment, um, especially like standing frames, pediatric things, medical foam that, that I could, you know, the reason I MacGyvered that is because four yoga blocks was about $12 and a piece of medical grade foam to make it out of was like 300. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to see first if it would work for the patient before I invested in the medical grade quality um, equipment. So that's yeah. kind of what you saw. They that's what I fun. saw. And so you're yeah. making it work. And that's yeah. incredible. I would sit, literally sat there that day I was volunteering and watching you build this out of 
yoga mats, yoga foams, and like roll things. And we were working with a very special patient that day that I got to meet Chelsea. And Chelsea um, became paraplegic after a car accident. So you really had to really make something special for her to be able to sit on that horse, Mm -hmm. which was just, I, I mean, I came home with my heart like bigger than ever. Like this is just so incredible. So how She's a that, inspiring young woman. She yeah, is an amazing she works young crazy woman. Hard. Yes. So how does that make you feel at the end of the day? Uh, any complaints that I have, I just, um, they kind of melt away because I see how hard other people work and the things they have to go through on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. um, to thrive. And I'm surrounded by so many positive people, especially, you know, people come here and, and give their time, right? So they really mm-hmm. want to be here. So it's such a positive um, community and you know I get to be a part of little ones first words and first steps and um, you know people making all these really cool um, positive changes in their lives mm-hmm. and you know from the little ones to the adults right and so um, I, I get to really share in that and it's, it just feels like I have a huge family out here honestly yeah. I talk to people and I'm like oh one of my kids and they're like oh you have kids and I'm like well no not my kids they're, my kids. <laughs> they're um, your so kids I really feel like a, uh, you know, they're all special to me and a part of my life. In a you way know what? You remind, you remind me of Jerry's kids. Do you remember Jerry's kids on TV? And he used to do the, like, live events to um, children with disabilities. You're, I'm going to have to send you that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm quoting how old I am and how young you are. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> with... <laughs> so, you are Dr. Stewart and those are your children. Because yep. they love you. They see you. I've seen it. They get out of the car and you built a special ramp as well for wheelchair access to get up to get onto the horses. And mm-hmm. all over your Instagram, it shows your horse, how you're working with the horses and how you're working out in the ocean with the kids. So has there been an experience out in the ocean that you can recall that you just had like this amazing experience with your child on a surfboard um the first little boy i ever took surfing actually Mm -hmm. he has something called angelman syndrome and it's very common for kids with this diagnosis to just absolutely love the water like Uh. every kid i've ever worked with with this diagnosis loves water and so um and unfortunately he had really really poorly controlled seizures and so Mm -hmm. like anywhere from like 30 to 40 times an hour he would be working with me and he would just like have a little drop like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that really limited his ability to do things like walk, practice sitting up, you know, it it delayed everything. And so thankfully now those are better controlled. But, um, at the time when I first started surfing with him, it was the first time I had spent an hour with him and he didn't have a single seizure. And I was like, wow, that was, that was crazy. That's probably just a fluke. And so, um, I took him surfing the next week and again, no seizures. And I talked to his mom and she's like, yeah, he didn't have any for like three hours when he got home. And um, that carried on for about four months. He Every time he surfed, he didn't have a seizure. And it was like the most bizarre thing because there's not really any science out there to explain it. But it was just mm-hmm. so cool that being on the surfboard not only made him really happy, but it helped him not in have a seizures. way all the medicines he's ever tried. I mean, he even has um, a device implanted under his skin called a vagus nerve dis- stim- stimulator to try to help control these. And none of these things could, but for some reason, being in the ocean and surfing – he didn't have any seizures. Um, 
so that was probably like one of the coolest things just because I can't even really explain it I just witnessed it and wow. uh, experience it so that's incredible like talk about a yeah. great memory you'll have yeah. that forever and his parents will always remember that that is just amazing. So how old was he when you first brought him out on the surfboard? Oh, I've been working with him for so long. Um, but the first time we surfed together, I think he was like seven. And today he's... Don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> and today he's how old? Oh, maybe he was only like six because now I think he's like eight. Wow. So he... I could be very wrong. He though. must I'm love the ocean. Like you don't know his age. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. So tell me about the first time you had that same type of experience, but with the horses, May and Biscuit. Oh. Because that's even a little more scarier, I would think, or maybe not. I guess both could be scary to anyone with a disability. You're either going into the ocean or you're about to get on this giant horse. Yeah, I think for the most part, families are more concerned going into the ocean, I think, just because it's like a newer um, type of treatment there's not as much support behind it mm -hmm. um, but the first time on the horse wow it's hard to think of the first one there's just been so many good moments just like that um, yeah I've had kids you know I guess one of my favorite things maybe this isn't a specific time but mm -hmm. is when I get really 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 scared kiddos who you know they start and they're crying and they don't want to participate and within five minutes it just kind of clicks and they realize that it's not scary and that they love it and um, so there's not necessarily one case of that because I've had that happen numerous times I usually warn parents of the kind of two to four year old range that they're probably going to be scared the first little bit but then they'll really like it and um, so I think that's one of my favorite parts is just seeing how quickly um, they can bond with the animals and how quickly um, it really calms our nervous system so even kids who have sensory processing issues and struggle sitting still when they're on a horse they're getting that movement that they want yeah and uh, and their nervous system just kind of naturally calms down. So I think that's probably one of my favorite parts seeing. So I do remember the first time I got on um, May. It was I was like, oh boy, oh boy, she's she's really big. <laughs> but I remember I was you, I was learning how to do the tactile with May, and you were teaching me how to brush her so I could build that that communication with the two of us as your patient. Um, working with hippotherapy on the horses and I remember just talking with her and she literally listens and yeah. Biscuit oh my gosh Biscuit is hilarious Biscuit has a personality all of his own so I think that the kids and the adults really relate to the horses yes I mean horses are um often used in what's called equine facilitated psychotherapy because they are so sensitive that they really pick up on our emotions. So if you were mm -hmm. to come out and work with me and a therapist and, you know, you're telling me like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, but really you're nervous, the horse's body language is actually going to reflect that. Wow. And so they use it as a treatment tool for mental health for that very reason, because of that awareness that they have of, you know, our feelings as humans and yeah. um, the way that their body language kind of responds to it. That's amazing when you really think about it. And yeah. they do talk to us. I mean, every time I'm around the barn with Mayor Biscuit, they talk all the time. Oh, yeah. They were just talking when you were talking about them, so I thought you could hear them, but I think in the office you couldn't. As you <laughs> their names, they both winning on each side of me. That's They're like, like hey, we heard yeah. Don Marie. <laughs> so, so, with this Max. 
<laughs> it's just incredible. I mean, just the pure force of the the horse itself. And you have little two-year-olds on the horses to my age. And it is amazing the power that it takes for the human body to be able to sit on a horse properly and really yeah. move with the horse. And I got to say, I've been through more therapy in my life than I can even imagine. And I still say it to today. That is the best therapy I have ever had. And I believe it's also building that comfort of trust with the animal like I trust you I know you're gonna like get me if I fall off the horse or something goes wrong but it's just that special bond that I have with how you've raised May and Biscuit that is just incredible you know I mean I don't have a bond with yeah. a surfboard but I would totally yeah. trust you that I'm not gonna fall off although I probably would but it's a different feeling on both yeah yes a living, breathing creature. Yeah, with their own thoughts and feelings, right? Yeah, and they have they have feelings and they have yeah. thoughts. And I remember, um, you know, May loves hats. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! It's behind me. It's on the wall. Oh my gosh! So, um, let's you do a um, charity events. So you had an amazing charity event, um, Chuck's for Chuck Chuck's. For charity Chuckers. Chuckers. Yep. Chuckers yes. for charity okay that's a little I think I need some therapy right now for my brain to start working um, tell me a little bit about that because all of your events that you have to bring awareness to surf and turf therapy um, are, and also nonprofit events when you did that event that night it was just the most incredible event of watching the polo and the little ones that you work with on these amazing animals and tell us a little bit about how you created that event how it moved forward how your board works with you and how certain um you have patients about 20 so that are sponsored mm -hmm. so um that event came together because uh, OC Polo is the, mm -hmm. the place that so generously hosted us. They recently built this just phenomenal, like, I mean, you were there, beyond beautiful um, facility for Polo um, yeah. out in Silverado Canyon. And so I've been playing Polo with them just on occasion um, for the past, like, four or five years. And actually, one of my board members, um, I took out there once, and he is completely addicted. He has a Polo horse now, and he plays more than I ever um, have. Um, and so <laughs> when I first was looking for a venue to do a, a fundraising event, it just made sense, right? They yeah. have been a huge supporter of mine this whole time, and I'm just passionate about Polo, and, and I like to bring all of the important people in my life together, so it's like, why not do that all at one place? Um, and so it was really cool because uh, a lot of community members had mm -hmm. seen um, some of my kids doing adaptive polo because I actually started doing adaptive polo lessons with a few of my older kids who were interested yeah. in doing more of a sport. And so one of those riders actually was fortunate enough to be able to get on an actual polo horse rather than one of our therapy horses and do a demonstration in front of everyone. And he really had his... Um, he had his game on that night, yeah. And um, he was just loving it, you know. And so... Um, it kind of came together. I had a former patient's mom who ran into me at a Starbucks and mm -hmm. was like, hey, if ever need um, food for an event, you know, um, I have a contact with this food truck who would love to help you out. So um, we wanted it to be really casual and, but yet professional and, and welcoming. We didn't want it to be like 
black tie exclusive where everyone couldn't come. I wanted it to be something where our families could come, our volunteers could come, our donors could come and really just celebrate together. Yeah. Um, and it was just after our like one year mark. So it was kind of like a really cool, like first celebration. Um, and, and again, it's just all thanks to OC Polo. They hadn't offered to host us. We, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to put that on. So I really, really appreciate them kind of leading the way for our first fundraiser. And I've already had um, a couple of our sponsors from last year reach out saying they can't wait to do it again. Yeah. So um, depending on how everything happens with the world right now and the pandemic that we're in, hopefully that's something we can schedule for, um, you know, around two this fall. So around two in the fall. Yeah, that yeah. would be incredible. Count me in. I will be there yeah. helping you out wherever I can. Um, and that was such a great evening of just awareness, meeting the parents, meeting the children, meeting you, the doctor, and everything that you've brought together. And do you ever think that you want to, like, extend this even further for you running the control over, say, someone up north has horses but is also connected to the ocean? Are you looking to possibly branch out and run another physical therapy of surf and turf? Uh I definitely would be interested in, for sure, mentoring some mm-hmm. programs starting. Um, I had, actually, on the East Coast, I've had a few people reach out to me, um, two different occupational therapists that are, um, one is just a surfer, but one is an avid um, surfer and an equestrian, and right. she was like, I would love to start this. I'm still in school, but I'd love to keep in touch and see, so um, as far as running it across the country, I would have to see kind of where I end up capacity-wise, because mm-hmm. I would never want to diminish the quality of the care I can give to my patients. And so hopefully we're bringing on some more staff this summer. Um, so depending on the, the kind of staff we can get in here and what that does to my schedule, um, it would change, I guess, if it's just a mentorship or if I'm actually kind of helping to lead that program as well. So um, we have the East Coast Dreams. A long-term dream of mine would be to run at least summer programs back in Michigan where I'm from. Um, a lot of people don't know that there actually is a community of lake surfers there. And there is an opportunity there. Um, It definitely would be a summer program, though, because I don't think kids will want to surf in the snow and the ice. Um, But that would be, you know, like a long-term goal to be able to get to go home in the summer and spend summers with my family and run a summer program there while overseeing the program out here as well. That sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely, that's like the next step for you, a big dream come true. So, um, with everyone listening, um, Jillian Surf and Turf Therapy is a nonprofit organization. So, wherever you can help out, like we were talking um, medical side um, with your, the like the benches and all the special Mm -hmm. tools you need, is when they go onto your website, are they able to see a wish list? The wish list is under construction, um, Perfect. but I will do my best to get it up there soon. Perfect. Our, our web carrier keeps changing templates, and it's making it difficult to update the website quickly, um, mm-hmm. so I just need to block out a whole bunch of time. But they are able to see um, information about our mission and our tax ID number, and there is a donate button there as well. And um, within the donation, if you go through the website or you send a check, uh, what have you, um, you are able to notate like if there's a specific area you want it to go to so say you want it to go towards patient scholarships so those who have financial need and can't 
pay for that, you can note that in there. Like, I want this to go towards financial aid. Um, I want this to go towards horse care. I want this to go towards equipment. So if, if you want to do what's called directed giving and know exactly where your money is going, um, you can do it that way, or you can just make a general donation, and then it goes to just all the program funds and needs at that time. That's perfect. So is there anything right now that you are in dire need of? Like, do you need more surfboards? Do you need life jackets, wetsuits, or do you need more things for the barn? Like if you could come up with two major priorities that you really need that donation for, what would those be? So our barn, we had a barn warming um, last August when we moved in, mm -hmm. and we were able to get a lot of support and really kind of make everything here very nice. And we are actually just now in the process of trying to ramp up the surf side of our program. Um, we have a wait list right now that's about double what our capacity was last year. So wow. right now we're really trying to secure funding and I'm actually writing a grant to help secure funding to get an additional therapist to help at the ocean and also to get a um, adaptive board. So I have a whole slew of boards that are um, you know anywhere from like a six foot board to like a 12 foot sup. But what we're trying to get, and there's two different types of boards we're dreaming of getting. One is a custom tandem board and okay. the goal is um, to actually put the speech therapy pictures that we use because a lot of our kids who are nonverbal will use a, a picture that says more or stop or cold or wave. Okay. And so when they're on the board, the goal is to have it be on the front of the board so that they can actually touch what they're trying to communicate with us so that they can use that for speech therapy out in the water. Because right now we're just bringing laminated pictures out and we have to like stuff them in our wetsuit and then pull them back out to communicate. So it'd be really nice for them to have that there. That sounds um, incredible. Yeah, so do you I'm need a with, surfing, um, someone that makes the boards to develop that? Or do you need someone with the technology and the surfing to? So I have a friend who shapes boards and is willing to, if I buy all the supplies, to donate his time to shape that. He's not a professional shaper, but he does it for fun and he's getting really good at it. Um, and then the other board we're looking for um, to purchase would be through a professional shaper. Um, Steve at Infinity has made a bunch of boards for... Um, people who need back supports and he's yeah. actually volunteered his time to take out some of our kiddos before and um, just so that they could kind of see how it works and so it's actually a really large board and it has like a special carving so that your bottom can kind of sink mm. in it and then it has a backrest like a harness um, kind of like a back kind of like the horse's saddle but you built it into the surfboard yeah, so with like a back support that and then but it has an even higher back support so that individuals okay. who might have a spinal cord injury or who are so weak that they can't sit up on their own can sit against that um, back support and still be able to get out safely in the water and um, so that's another big wish list and then um, because of how large that board is right mm -hmm. now we've just been operating out of my little old Subaru Outback bath um, but that board is like going to be bigger and longer than my car and actually really hard for me to get up top so you so a big wish list would be a van yes so that's what we're trying to to really beef up our savings for it, to get a van, especially with the virus. We don't want to reuse wetsuits, life jackets, anything um, yeah. between patients. So um, we're going to need capacity to carry more equipment and store more equipment out at the beach okay. um, just for sanitary purposes as well. Well, that's definitely a good wish list, and let's hope that we get that wish list out there. Send me whatever you need on a wish list, and I will put it on my story and on my page. Awesome. Um, and keep doing it every month for you until we Thank get you. the funds for that. So um, 
all of this is just absolutely incredible. And I just have to say once again, yes, I am not only um, a volunteer, I am a patient of yours at Surf and Turf. And it has truly helped me with my multiple sclerosis. And I never thought riding a horse would actually help me. Uh, though that one hour definitely takes a lot out of me. It's a lot of focus. It's actually harder than working out in the gym, which sounds really not right, but it truly is because you've got my brain thinking, I'm on a horse bigger than me, and you know I'm trying to like keep my balance and my core, and you're always watching my my structure while I'm on the horse and yes. sitting up and being able to ride. And the day you told me I could ride with no saddle, I was just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> and um, it, it's just incredible. That, and the foundation that you built with the horses, I would love the audience to be able to see sure. May and Biscuit, if you don't mind. Yeah. I can hear them making their <laughs> fluttering sound. Um, so we're going to get a tour right now of the barn um, where the famous May and Biscuit reside. And here is May's home. <gasps> May! I'm going to drive her with some extra treats since they're eating dinner. Oh, look at her. She's like, oh, you got the camera, Mommy. I'm on, I'm on national TV. <laughs> she Hi, is May. a little bit of a ham for the cameras as we found out during her photo shoot with you yes she is adorable not only did she keep me safe and i got my there oh yes hi may and this is what she does she loves the camera everybody may is like the perfect photography horse working, <laughs> working on the camera and then we've got biscuit where is he he's eating <laughs> He's eating. Biscuit's always eating. <laughs> Hi, Biscuit. Come here, bud. Oh, my gosh. She's like, Mom, unless you got some watermelon, I'm going to just keep on eating. <laughs> Sadly, no watermelon, but we have a carrot for him today. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, they, the, everyone viewing this um, right now, they are the most incredible horses ever. And they're not just a horse. They are therapy horses, hippotherapy, and it is just such an incredible thing that you have done. I mean, you've been riding horses since you said you were nine? Uh, since I was five, actually. Five. Uh, going to 4-H at nine. That's incredible. Five years old, and then you turned your entire career into helping others and then finding a way to take it outside of a building with balls and everything that you actually use in the barn and in the ocean, but you've got them outdoors in nature and what brings us alive. I mean, it's not just therapy in a cold, isolated room. You're doing therapy with mother nature. Yes. And we're still working towards the same goals I would in the clinic. Um, so the goal is if you were to read a patient goal from the clinic, the ocean, horses or a note from a treatment session, you wouldn't be able to tell what location it's in. Ah. Because I'm looking at you, I'm not looking at how to ride the horse, I'm looking, like you said, at your posture, mm -hmm. your coordination, are you able to process all the instructions I'm giving you, um, things like that, rather than talking about your ability to ride the horse. It's more your physical um, progress, or if you're working with a speech therapist, your 
um, speech and language skills, group with occupational therapists, it's more fine motor and, and regulation behavior. Yeah, which like is that. really incredible. I mean, I have videos of me riding the, for the first time and uh -huh. then riding a couple months later and in between and I was just like whoa there's like a huge difference between when you first get on the horse and then they remember you mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like coming back home they literally remember you and they know they know the sound of your car they know the sound of your voice and that's just I just love me and biscuit I they're just incredible I think they feel the same <laughs> um, and I'm sure that the, even the children and the other adults that you work with have a special bond with these yes. incredible horses. Um, do you find that more people want the horse therapy or the surf therapy, or is it pretty much like a, a little bit of both? Um, I actually, when I started this, I had intended it to be primarily surfing because there wasn't anyone in the community filling that need right now mm -hmm. um, for you know, there's a lot of surf therapy organizations that do like a one day opportunity in multiple cities. So they're giving a ton of people um, the experience and the introduction to surfing, but no one was doing it on like a weekly basis in the yeah. same spot for a medical treatment in this area. So I had expected that to grow quicker, um, but actually the horse side has grown even faster. And I think that's just because more people know about it. There's more research supporting it. So people are more comfortable with it. And so um, the, the horse side is definitely a little bit larger, but like I said, this summer, um, especially with a lot of things changing, mm -hmm. a lot of summer camps being canceled, things like that, I have a lot of people who are now wanting to venture out and try the surf side as well. And um, so we're actually planning to double our surf therapy numbers this next year, and we're trying to do 600 hours of um, surf therapy surf so, in the next year. And um, then you do. They should hopefully be equaling out. Okay, good. And so you need volunteers not only for working with the horses, you need them out in the ocean as well, like professional surfers that well, are willing yeah. to give their time or even teenage surfers. Is there an age group that you would be looking for for volunteers for the surf therapy? Typically, we look for kids, um, you know, at least 14 and up to okay. be volunteering just so that they have enough experience um, and are strong enough out there. A lot of times, you know, good candidates are kids who are already surfers themselves on their swim team, on their polo team, mm. water polo team, things like that. Um, and what's great is usually what we need is just help with like setup and putting stuff away. And so the hour that we're actually out there surfing with the with the clients, um, my volunteers, if they're if they're surfers, they usually just surf right next to us, and they mm. offer us kind of like a buffer, right? Because it's yep. so busy out there and so crowded. If they catch the wave first, then we can kind of safely catch the wave with them. So basically, they're getting an hour of volunteer service, and they're getting to surf, and they're getting to help motivate these kids so that, you know, when we're cruising down the wave, they're not just, um, like, looking one way. I'll use my volunteers to, like, hey, little Johnny, like, look this way or reach yeah. this way. So um, they're surfing, and then they're also getting to participate and motivate the volunteers in that in that regard as well. So That's great, and that's yeah. really important. So when these kids eventually go off to – college or if they're actually home from college right now um they can volunteer with you and get um intern like towards their volunteer hours towards yes. college yeah and, right we have um, high school kids that do it for college applications and then we mm -hmm. actually even have college students that come actually 
um, Romel just popped on. Hi, bud. <laughs> um, he was a PTA student that volunteered with us, and he started kind of pre-COVID, and then with all the switch to being remote, uh, took that in stride, and he even started helping with um, community engagement. He found mm -hmm. us a cleaning product sponsor um, and is helping with that approach. Um, so we take students at all phases of their career. I've had um, doctor of physical therapy students that, you know, I was the very last thing and then they graduated and now they're going to start practicing um, to people who are just starting to take an interest in this field and, and want their first experience and everything in between. So um, yeah, high school kids looking for support for their college applications yeah. or even like DPT, OT, speech therapy students who are in a program right now and they're interested in doing their clinical field work with us. And um, we can arrange that as well if they have their universities reach out. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I mean, not only are they doing volunteer work, they're working with all different things that you don't normally be, you're not normally able to be able to do that as a young adult to say, yeah. I've been able to work with this amazing therapist that has this corporation surf and turf and we're dealing with mother nature of the ocean and the animals mm -hmm. and i worked with so-and-so today like that's an impactful thing like when we first started our interview i asked you your most memorable um experiences and those experiences stay with you forever and mm -hmm. when you're going through your own trials of life it's those things that keep you moving and uh -huh. being able to volunteer for you is just almost like a gift. It's yeah. not really work. Um, well, I didn't think it was work when I was there volunteering and brushing May and Biscuit. I thought it was the funnest thing ever, giving them a bath. I mean, that's hilarious. And they love it. They totally love it. And they're like, yeah. And, you know, you're actually getting therapy yourself, whether you're actually one of your patients or you're just there volunteering. When you really think about it, it's extremely therapeutic to work with Maine Biscuit, brushing them, taking care of them, talking to them. And you could be 100% healthy, but you walk away from the barn feeling like, oh, that was such a great experience. I remember the first time I came home, before I even became the patient, I was a volunteer. And just you teaching me everything I turn that into when I get home, I'm going to touch certain things around the house, tactile. Like if I'm having an attack and, oh my gosh, I can do this to get the brain moving. I can do that to stop this from happening. Like the young gentleman that you brought out to the ocean that wasn't having any seizures. Just everything you're teaching is just everything that we need. And I can't thank you enough for going into this magical field of therapy and being a doctor and creating such a unique, amazing corporation that you've done. And it's all nonprofit, which is even more enlightening. And just I just look up to you. And I just think it's just incredible the amount of hours and kindness and goodness you get back because I've seen it on both ends. I've seen it as the patient and I've seen it as the volunteer. And then I see you with all of your patients and it is your family. It is your home. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's just such an amazing job. And now I know why you go home tired, but you go home happy. So yes. when you truly love what you do, 
and I can see that you really love what you do. And I do. it's just incredible. It's kind of Thank like you. you should be just, I, you know, I'd be shouting out of the roof. You know, I have a horn going all the time. Surf and turf. As you're driving down the car, we're going to have to get your car painted. Surf and turf therapy. <laughs> um, so for anyone that contacts you that maybe lives in another state after today, are you able to refer them to any of your other clinical um, therapists around that you are aware of? So I, not necessarily um, because it would be different location dependent um, mm -hmm. where to refer them, but I would refer you to two different kind of governing bodies to start with your information, or three actually. So okay. on the surf therapy side, um, a recently formed group called the International Surf Therapy Organization, or ISTO, I-S-T-O, Okay. They have um, contributors from all over the world that are highlighted on their website. So that's a great starting point if you are in South Africa or another part of the country or, you know, anywhere in the world. And that's where I would recommend people go to kind of at least start looking into something on the surf side. And then for the hippotherapy side um, in America or in the U.S., there is the American Hippotherapy Association. And that is going to be all physical, occupational, and speech therapy services okay. using horses. Um, but as far as an international reach, there is another group called PATH International, the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International. And so they have information on um, organizations across the world that are doing therapeutic riding. So that's using the horses for people with disabilities, but they may or may not have medical personnel on staff depending on their program. But at least that gives a starting point again for the international scope that they can reach out that way. That's amazing. Wow. So it is basically around the world. People have been using horses for therapy for probably... Since the 60s. Since the 60s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can see why. I mean, anyone that loves horses in general obviously has seen why. So in yeah. the 60s is when it first started, hippotherapy. Yes. There was a woman, um, Liz Hartel, who lost the use of her legs following polio. And prior to um, getting polio, she was a equestrian and she competed in dressage. And she actually got back on the horse and um, mm -hmm. saw the benefits of how much she was able to get her core strength back, her balance back. And she ended up being a, I believe, a silver medal winner in the Paralympics for dressage. Um, and that's when people kind of started looking at it like, oh, maybe there are more benefits to this than we realize. And that's kind of where um, therapeutic horsemanship supposedly started from that's incredible wow that is that's a great story i didn't know that thank you for sharing that information with me um well when you really think about it horses were our first real get around everything and trusting them and it's a lot of horsepower just like they say a car um and they need love and they need care but then they give it right back to you mm-hmm which is just another great thing that I find just amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. So this has just been huge, impactful for my, not only my life, but for all the children that you work with, all the adults that you work with. Have you and had anyone refer that has been your patient refer other patients to you? That's where 90% of it came from. Um, I started with just a few patients that I've worked with over the years in various settings like the school, 
at home, at other centers, um, in a private clinic, things like that. Um, and then, you know, I started with like maybe half a dozen people and, yeah. and the rest has all been pretty much word of mouth and then social media, yeah. but most of it has been referral. And, okay. and what's cool is I'm getting, um, volunteers that are actually referring as well. So, um, I had a girl who'd been volunteering with me a long time and her grandmother was diagnosed with dementia and she had been working with one of my other clients who had dementia. And so mm-hmm. this family got a diagnosis, which can be really difficult to, to hear and, and plan for and. And right away, she was like, wait, I know what she can do. And so it was, I hope, um, helpful in their process to at least see some hope and some positive um, thing to look forward to um, following that kind of news. Yeah, it's difficult news. It's difficult news for anybody that is faced with any challenge in life, whether it is physical or mental or um, brain-related, spinal-related. But what you have is so comfortable that you when we meet you it's just a very comfortable setting like there's no nervousness there there's no oh my gosh what did i just walk into you know and i believe that even though they see these big giant horses or a giant surfboard going out into the middle of the ocean and the waves are crashing in you have built such comfort and like knowledge of you're going to be great you're going to get through this. And the faces uh-huh. that I've seen on the kids when they get that little, like we did a throwing thing one day with the little boy and he got it in the basket. He was so excited. And, yes. you know, and also the little surfer one with the blonde hair, he's just so adorable. And yep. his speech and every time he got excited and just hearing them say, um, on move on like with the horses and the fact that they hold may or biscuits hair like touching them like the tactile and some of them love hugging them some of them love just holding the rain and some of them don't even like holding anything at all but you can see the joy like they know they're getting better Uh uh-huh and gosh i'm a little jealous that i don't get to be there every day because it's just it just makes you light up like this Mm-hmm. So you I'm very spoiled, and yeah. you're welcome every day. So <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to come every day and just play with May and Biscuit and just feed them and give them a bath. <laughs> but um, is there anything you would like to tell us that I have not asked you? Uh, just don't hesitate to reach out with any questions. Um, I've had people in different parts of the country ask me for their area for referrals mm-hmm. um, or they ask me about something, you know, related to their child. But again, they might not be here, but I'm still happy to help in any way that I can. That's um, I've had a lot of students interview me for different school projects and things like that. So I'm just, I'm all about kind of like yourself, advocating for individuals and sharing knowledge and really helping support the community. Um, I want to see everyone be successful, right? And and the idea of being able to mentor other people to offer these services is just amazing because there's no way I could ever serve and help everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I can teach 10 people to do what I'm doing and then they teach 10 people and they teach 10 people, um, you know, a lot more people are going to get help. So I just encourage people to reach out, um, share their stories, share our story with other people. Um, I'm, I'm a big supporter of a lot of people doing a little bit to come together rather yeah. than just re- on like one or two people for everything and um, so I'd really like to build you know as big of a community, community as we can. yeah 
All right, well, now we get to even more fun stuff. So I wish I could bring everybody to the barn with me, but I can't. So we're going to play what we what I've been doing, and it's called Chit Chat. And it's actually a game that I bought for the brain. And you don't know what I'm going to pull. So you get to pick from the right, the left, or the middle. And I'm going to pull out a question and just throw it out there to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> left. My left? Yeah. Okay, my left. <laughs> I All right. Know. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. This is always so much fun. All right, so the question is, on a scale from 1 to 10, how stressful is your life? There's the question. I feel like it's 1 sometimes and it's 10 sometimes. Um, right now, especially because of all the changes in the world. With COVID, yeah crises for people it's been very stressful because I want to be able to continue providing and I'm getting more and more requests for financial aid additional services because schools are closed so these kids who are used to getting therapy multiple days a week in school mm -hmm. are no longer getting that um, so it's stressful and trying to ramp up capacity and and I feel like I'm you know I have people calling me all the time to help with different projects, mm -hmm. which is so great that they want to help, but yet, you know, good stress is still stress, right? So some days it's like a nine or a 10, but some days it's like a one, you know, yeah. I get to go out and, and see a kid smiling and meet their goals on a horse. And I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. You know, so it really depends day to day where that stress level falls. Um, and do you find yourself when you're at that 10 that you want to get on the horse and you just want to go ride? Yep. Or surf. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. And that's, what's the beauty of it is even when I get stressed, it's not that I want to do something different. Like, I still love what I'm doing. And like I said, it's a positive stress. It's not yeah. like a, I want to a negative stress. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. So we get to go one more time before we our hour is up. All right. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Okay. I'm going to grab this one. Okay. So we've got, if you could be any athlete and for one game, any athlete for one game, what would you be? Ooh. I'm going to have to say I would want to be Courtney Conlog. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting her just briefly at mm -hmm. a couple surf therapy events, and she's a rad human just in general. And then, I mean, she catches, like, the sickest waves. And she's been a huge advocate for, you know, women and our rights and helping get equality in the surfing world. And mm -hmm. so I would want to be her for a day. I'd be her for, like, ten days. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow, those were two really good, like, chit-chat questions. Yeah, that's cool. I like that game. I love the game. Yeah, it's basically for your brain. I should find one yeah. and get, get one to you, um, get another game. But, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on today, honoring us with your time, all of your amazing experience, giving us the tour of the barn. I wish we could get a tour of the ocean, too, but we're going to have to do that on another interview. Yes. Um, and so everybody, if you can volunteer this summer or throughout the year, please contact Jillian at Surf and Turf Therapy through her Instagram, or you can go to her website and learn more about the organization. And if you can afford to donate to help bring these products of service to Jillian's program, please go to www.surfandturf.com 
therapy.org slash donate and it will be helping children adult young adults 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 my age and older um, whether it be on the horse therapy hippotherapy or on the surf side of therapy and then you get to meet Jillian and hopefully we'll see you at the next giant event. And I know you had one uh, ready to go for your surf luau, but unfortunately because of the coronavirus, you had to cancel that charity event. But yes. please go to her website and see where you can help out today. It could just be, do you have your shirts and your hats and everything on the website too that you're still selling? Wait. Um, they're not on the website, but we do still have them, mm -hmm. and we are actually looking um, to get one of the stickers from our sticker contest made into a shirt as well, so we're hoping to do that as a fundraiser soon, so keep, keep your eyes posted for that, too. That would be great. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Dr. Jillian Stewart. I really appreciate it. It was great seeing you again today, and hopefully I'll be back at the barn soon, being able to yeah. do both therapy and taking care of the horses. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really um, love sharing what we do. So these types of things just get me even more excited to mm -hmm. work harder and help more people and, and build it more. So thank yeah. you so much for the opportunity to share. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in and listened. And um, hopefully you learned a little bit. And, and if um, you missed any, if you, anyone missed any of this interview, it will be on my page as the entire interview. Um, and then you can find the actual audio interview on Spotify and on Apple podcast on live with Domery. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And I'm greatly heartfelt warm. And you know that because I adore you and give me and biscuit a hug for me and put that hat back on May because everybody is talking about May and the hat <laughs> with the video that I posted. She really, guys, it was not a trick. I totally put the hat on her, just trying to like grab something else. And she fell in love with the hat. And it is literally awesome. her moving her ears and moving that hat around. And so I left that hat with you at the barn. So oh, it's safe, yeah. safe on the wall for when she's not wearing it. Yeah. So if anyone, once again, if you can help donate, please go out to Surf and Turf therapy on Instagram and you can go straight to the website from there. Thank you, Perfect. Dr. Jillian Thank you so Stewart. Much. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great Bye. evening. Bye-bye.